Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Williams wants to fade. Stoops in the end zone for a touchdown Oklahoma. What's up, Oklahoma fans? It's that time again, the Sooner Nation podcast. I know it's been a while. Life has been busy. You don't want to hear about that, though. You want to hear about the Sooners. Um, We got um, National Signing Day recap. Sooners with a big, big class this last week uh, to wrap up the 2022 recruiting cycle. Moving on to 2023, uh, we've got true or false with Rich sending in questions, uh, statements for us to digest and go over. But first... We got to start with basketball, where it just it seems to be moving from bad to worse for this Oklahoma basketball team, fresh on the heels of a bedlam loss in Stillwater. The Sooners sitting at thirteen and ten uh, on the season. Now, the good news is, if you're Oklahoma, the good news is you still have a winning record. You're thirteen and ten on the season. The bad news is, the schedule has not been kind, nor will it continue to be kind as the Sooners get ready to hit another murderer's role. Uh, and it's just, you, you look back, and he, here's where I think you're, you're really going to kick yourself when you're, if you're Oklahoma. You look back, and you're going to see an overtime loss in Fort Worth, Texas to TCU, and you're going to see a home loss to TCU just, over, just a week ago. That's where that's where the kind of the rubber meets the road. The proof is in the pudding. Whatever you want to say here, because if you give Oklahoma those two wins, you're set at 15 and 10 on the season, and now this stretch of Texas Tech, Kansas, Texas, Iowa State, and Texas Tech again, that stretch it comes up. You drop all five of those, you're still at 500 on the season. You're still at 15 and 15, and you're still sitting pretty comfortable with a final three games of Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and at Kansas State, a final three games that's very winnable. I mean, 18 and 15 is still very plausible for this Oklahoma team, and that that could almost be a worst-case scenario for them. But, man, it's about to get really rough really fast for this team once again, and uh, we'll come back around to that here shortly. But the Sooners at 13 and 10 on the season – as, as crazy as it sounds, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, they're not out of the NCAA tournament at this point. Like we said, 18 and 15 is very plausible to get to the to going in, into Kansas City. You pick up one or two wins in Kansas City, and, and you're almost a log. But, but a lot of publications, a lot of prognosticators currently have Oklahoma as an 11 or a 12 seed, and that's, that's pretty solid. So there's still a, a high value for this team, I guess a, a high opinion value of this team. They've just got to figure out how to make some shots and stop turning the ball over. 
And that, that's, I mean, it's, that's really where when you're trying to, when you're looking at this team and you see intensity, you see effort, you see talent, but you see bad shooting and you see turnovers. And you don't have to look any further than that. You're trying to find out why they're losing games. It's easy. Shooting percentage and turnovers. It really can be broken down to be that simple. Had 17 turnovers against Oklahoma State on Saturday. Shot 37.7%. 37.7% from the floor. Guys, that, that's, not, that's not like from three-point range. That is from the floor. They were 23 of 61. You're telling me Oklahoma State's that good defensively? Cowboys are 11 and 11 on the season. They're 4 and 6 in Big 12 play. You're telling me they are that good where they can hold Oklahoma below 38% from the floor. I'm going to go ahead and say no. I'm going to look at the fact that Mo Gibson was 0 for 6 in the Bedlam game. Jordan Goldwire was 2 for 11. Jalen Hill 0 for 3. That, that, I mean, that's, that's where it is. You don't have to look any further than that. Legitimately, this team has to be better in two categories, and you're locked for the NCAA tournament. The question is, can they get better in those two categories? Elijah Harkless with uh, eight turnovers, by the way. 15 points, which is great. Only, only the two players scored in double figures. Harkless is one of them. But he has two turnovers away from a double-double uh, in, in a way that you don't really want to brag about. So we're going to jump into um, National Signing Day recap. We've had to, um, you know, we, we've had a good time uh, recapping and thinking back, looking over at opportunity to digest and so forth. Uh, so what we're going to do basically is kind of have a little bit of fun with this. We're going to tell you the surprise member of the 2022 class the guy we're tabbing as the future All-Pro of the 2022 class. And who's the leader? Who's the vocal leader of this 2022 class? Those are the things we're going to break down next. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when you look at this 2022 signing class for the Oklahoma Sooners, it really is quite remarkable what Brent Venables and his staff was able to both hold together and put together 
in this class. Altogether, Oklahoma with 21 signees, the number eight class nationally, number two class in the Big 12. And, and so you're going to be, you know, some are going to look at this and they'll say, yeah, but you know what? They were number one in the Big 12 in 2021. And now, look, they took a step backwards because of the coaching change. That's the bill of goods that the 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 crim, the burnt orange are going to try to sell you down in Austin, Texas, because they clearly uh, had the number one class in the 2022 uh, recruiting cycle for the Big 12. But when you're looking at measures of improvement, I think you should look at the national ranking and really see how that how that kind of holds right now. Oklahoma finished eighth nationally. Now, to put that in perspective, the Sooners you go back to, to to the 2021 class. You're you're coming off of a t- of a season where you won. You know you had the the string of Big Twelve champions. You beat Florida in the in the Cotton Bowl. You had you know Caleb Williams coming in. You, you had Spencer Rattler coming back. You had this massive class, and that class only ranked number ten nationally. And then you saw this class plummet, this 2022 class. You saw them plummet in the wake of the Lincoln-Riley news right after Thanksgiving, Lincoln-Riley bolts out west. And you saw this class drop down into the 20s. And, and Brent Venables came in. Bob Stoops kind of held the ship together, so to speak. Brent Venables comes in and, and really turns this thing around and, and does a phenomenal job. At building the number eight class in the nation. When you break this class down, like I said, they're number eight nationally, they're number two in the Big 12. The class covers over eight different states. Four members of the class are top 10 at their position, and we're going to talk about a couple of those here in, in just a few minutes. But you, you got even a guy like Gentry Williams, who's the number one player from the state of Oklahoma based on which service you look at. Well, Gentry Williams is, is the number 11 cornerback in the nation in this, in this 2022 class. So he's, he's on the outside of the top 10. And so when we say that Oklahoma has four members that are top 10 in their position, I mean, you think about what a big prospect was Gentry Williams. What a big prospect Gentry Williams was, I guess. English is hard sometimes. But anyway, you, you think about that. He was a must-get, and... and you know, Lincoln Riley really wanted him at USC. A lot of people were pursuing him. He was key to this class for Oklahoma. But he was number 11 at his position. You have four other guys that were ranked higher at their individual positions. Robert Spears Jennings. And again, another Oklahoma kid. The number four player in the state of Oklahoma. Broken Arrow. He was, he's the number 11 safety. And so there, there's some good guys here. Jake Taylor out of Las Vegas, the number number 13 offensive tackle. But then you, you, you begin to hone in on really those top 10 guys. Oklahoma did exceptionally well, particularly at running back. Gavin Solchak, Solchak is the number seven running back in the 2022 recruiting class, the number one overall player from the state of Colorado. Four-star running back, and then Javante Barnes, who comes in with him out of Las Vegas. Number three player from the state of Nevada, the number 10 running back 
in the 2022 class. So you've got two top 10 running backs just in this class alone. And of course, we all, we all know the Jaron Kanek story out of Hayes, Kansas, the number one player from the state of Kansas. If you're keeping count, that's the number one player from the state of Oklahoma, the number one player from the state of Colorado, the number one player from the state of Kansas. He's number six at his position. He's ranked as an athlete. He'll be a linebacker at the University of Oklahoma. So don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying in that when you, particularly the outside linebacker position, he doesn't have a ranking there. He's ranked as an athlete because he played both sides of the ball. But this kid, this kid's going to be a lot of fun. You thought Danny Stutzman was a lot of fun as a freshman and what he brought is that tenacity and that nastiness that he plays with. Amplify that with Jaron Koenig, the number six athlete in the 2022 recruiting class. Then, then you've got Nick Evers, your quarterback, the number nine quarterback for the class out of Flower Mound, Texas. So obviously those are all four-star guys, Oklahoma uh, coming in with, um, with a really good class. But when you break this down even more, Again, just having fun with this. And this is the part where you get to kind of participate. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland. Uh, you can find us at heartland-sports.com. Drop some comments there if you'd like to. But this is where we get to have a little bit of fun with this. I, I've, I've marked this down in three different categories. And I would like to know, honestly, how you feel about this. Who is your surprise in this class? Who's the future All-Pro? When you look, you look at these, these high school seniors... And you look at them coming into their to start their collegiate careers. Who's the guy you look at and say, yep, that dude is a future all-pro? I think there might be more than one on this in this class. And then who's the leader? Who, who's the guy that is the, the vocal, physical leader of this class? So let's jump into that. And let's, let's start with the surprise. For me, the surprise of this class is, is on the defensive side of the ball. And, and that's where Oklahoma was able to, to nab R. Mason Thomas, who had been committed to Iowa State for, for a long time. Now, that's not the reason why he was a surprise to me. The reason why he was a surprise to me is because his buddy, Ahmed Moten, uh, is at the University of Miami. Now, both of these guys are from the Fort Lauderdale area, and R. Mason Thomas and Ahmad Moten both were vocal about the fact that they, they wanted to play college football together. They were thought, you go back seven weeks ago, they thought that they're going to end up at Iowa State on the same team. And then there, you begin to see leanings towards Oklahoma, interest begins to arise and pop up. And Moten was the guy who seemed to be leading that charge. He's the one who seemed to be leading R. Mason Thomas away from Iowa State. And you thought, by all accounts, these guys are going to end up playing college football together on the same defense the same way they do in high school. But yet, Moten on National Signing Day, he ends up signing with the University of Miami. By the way, a top 15 class there for the Hurricanes. And R. Mason Thomas comes to the University of Oklahoma. Number 34 player in his position, the number 24 player uh, altogether from the state of Florida. Armison Thomas, 6'2", 215 pounds, had 23 scholarship offers. We talked about Iowa State um, 
University of Miami was in on him. South Carolina was in on him. I mean, Oklahoma beat out some some really quality talent in in um, in terms of, of programs. Throwing Shane Beamer a bone there, and 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 R. Mason Thomas made made visits to all these places. And in fact, he was in Miami as as recent as January twenty eighth. He came to Oklahoma on January January twenty first. Ended up going to Miami on January twenty eighth. And again, all the all the interest was these two guys are going to come together. And when you see that Moten is trending for late on national, late before I guess the day before uh, National Signing Day on Tuesday last week, you you begin to see that Moten is really trending towards the University of Miami. You think, well, there goes R. Mason Thomas. He's probably either going to go stay home in Florida or he's going to stick to his commitment for Iowa State. Turns out he didn't do either one of those things. Instead, he switches commitment from from Iowa State to Oklahoma and ends up being a member of this 2022 class for the Sooners. So there's my surprise. So then you look and you think, who's the future All-Pro in this class? And there, there, there is not a, a, um, a limit on guys who have possibilities here. We've already talked about a couple of them, Ginger Williams and Jaron Kanick and so forth. But the guy I'm, the guy I'm really tap in here as the future all-pro NFL all-pro of this class is sticking with the running back position and going with Gavin Solchuk. You know, we've already talked, mentioned this. He's the number one player from the state of Colorado. 26 scholarship offers with Oklahoma uh, beating out the likes of Ohio State, USC, Alabama to, to get his commitment able to, to hold him through the Lincoln Rally departure uh, because of, of DeMarco Murray really is, is the guy who came in and um, held him. All these running backs, him and Javante Barnes, kind of held them together here. Uh, Solchek, with, in three years of, of high school ball, 3,690 rushing yards, 49 rushing touchdowns, 2020, um, what, 1,239 yards as a junior um, his best year so far, I think, in high school was as a as a sophomore in 2019 with 1,786 rushing yards, 23 touchdowns. But at the end of the day, you've got a kid in your backfield. He's 5'11", 185. All he's going to do is he's going to add muscle. He's already got speed. Uh, he, he has a great knack for, for knowing uh, the running lanes and getting in and out of, uh, of gaps. Now, he's, he's, a, he's a track guy. Which helps you um, helps you understand um, just the the breakaway speed. He, according to his recruiting profile, he ran several sub eleven second one hundreds. Um, so I, again, to me, when when I look at this class and I think who's the guy that's going to be a future NFL All Pro, there's lots of options here, but. I keep coming back to this running back position, and uh, and Oklahoma's got two fantastic running backs, both four-star guys. Uh, but Gavin Solchuk is the guy that just immediately comes to my mind uh, as the future All-Pro. And then who's the leader of this class? This is the easiest one for me, and that's Kobe McKenzie, linebacker out of um, out of Lubbock, Texas, in Texas Tech's own backyard, four-star prospect um, with, with with really Oklahoma. The, the saga here was pretty great. Uh, committed to Oklahoma, waivers on that commitment in the light of the Alex Grinch 
uh, saga with him leaving to go with Lincoln Riley. And then just like a week later, flipped back from Texas to Oklahoma and was very, very vocal about his recruiting experience, was very, very vocal about other guys in this class. He only had 16 offers. And you look at him, he's a four-star recruit, the number 42 player from the state of Texas, uh, the number 16 linebacker and the 24-7 sports composite. But he, he only had... 16 scholarship offers and that's not a that's not a knock on his talent the 16 scholarship offers is really more of a statement to his focus where he 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 knew where he wanted to be in Oklahoma you know what really came down to Oklahoma and Texas with the Sooners beating out the Longhorns but Texas Tech being in his own backyard Arkansas Florida State they were all players here but it, it came down to the Sooners and the Longhorns and, and obviously Oklahoma wins that battle. And then if you haven't followed him on Twitter, if you're, if you're a social media guy, you definitely need to check him out. Because this guy, again, is, is a vocal leader. And that there's nothing to indicate that he'll be anything but that as well once he laces it up and actually steps on the field. So there it is, the surprise for the 2022 recruiting class, R. Mason Thomas, your future All-Pro in the 2022 recruiting class, Gavin Salchuk, and the leader of the 2022 recruiting class, Kobe McKenzie. Don't, don't forget also, Oklahoma added 10 players from the transfer portal, and that's where the names like Dylan Gabriel come in really big to this program and uh, will make that impact as the team hits the field to start the 2022 season in just nine short months. Okay, we got, we got um, yeah, no, that was sarcasm on the nine short months. Uh, maybe you did or didn't pick it up, but um, true or false coming up, and we'll wrap up this episode. Here we go with the home stretch of the Sooner Nation podcast. Matt Hofeld here flying solo. It is so hard to record a podcast by yourself. Um, thanks for suffering through this uh, as we go along here. Um, so what I had was Rich sent me five true or false questions. I do have a little bit of an advantage here because typically when we do true or false, it just kind of comes to me cold. I, I don't know what's coming at, my, at me, and it's more off the cuff. Uh, just shooting straight from the hip, so to speak. Uh, but I do, I do know what's coming my way with these five, and I think they're pretty um, five pretty decent statements that we'll jump into. And again, you're always welcome to share your take here on the uh, on the true or false segment with uh, whether you think it's true or false, or whether we're crazy or not. So. You can do that on Twitter at Sports Heartland. You can jump on the podcast page at heartland-sports.com and throw your thoughts there as well. So here we go. Number one, uh, this is from Rich Perry and Winfrey provided a significant boost to the defensive line during his time at Oklahoma. Now that he's been named the MVP of the, of the senior, senior Bowl, it's easy for you to say, now that he's been named the MVP of the Senior Bowl, the defensive line is setting himself up for a bright future. True or false? Perry Winfrey will be the first player taken in the upcoming draft from the University of Oklahoma. Um, right out of the gate, I've got a big pause because I don't know. Because I'm looking at Kennedy Brooks. I think he's a third, fourth-round guy. Um, I'm looking at Brian Asamoah. I think he's a second or third-round guy. Um, I was pretty solid on Perry and Winfrey being a second-round guy um, until he goes 
to the senior bowl and just dominates. I think Perrin Winfrey is working his way into a first-round draft pick. We'll see how the combine goes for him. But if he wasn't on anybody's draft board before uh, going to Mobile, Alabama, he's definitely on their draft board somewhere after Mobile, Alabama. Um, And the only way he's not on your draft board right now is if you think there's no way you're going to get him. Um, But you got to look and see how it – it's not just about how well you do uh, on your film. It's not how well you do in your interviews. It's not how well you do at those combines and all-star games like we just saw over the weekend. It's all about need. You know, it's all about positions of need. Those first five picks, maybe five to ten picks, they're they're going to jump in there and they're going to, you know, they're they they've they've got to feel something now. You know, uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defensive lineman. How far down do you have to go until you find a team that really really needs a defensive lineman, a dominating defense, like a game changing defensive lineman? I don't think you have to go past the Giants at number five, honestly, to get that. So the question is, where does Perry on Winfrey rank in terms of defensive linemen? Because, I mean, there, there's, some, there's, some, there's some guys out there. I mean, look at Jordan Davis, for example, out of Georgia. They, they've got, looks like Georgia has defensive linemen for days that they're sending up into the NFL. I, I guess all that to say, can Perry and Winfrey work his, himself into a first-round draft pick? Yes, absolutely. I, th- I, think, I think he's probably, it, it, it's February, okay? So we, we've got two and a half months, basically, to, to get this right. But I'm, I'm thinking Perry and Winfrey is probably around the eighth or ninth best guy going into that combine, going into that senior bowl on the defensive line. And I think you got to be somewhere between three and five to guarantee that you have a really good shot at the first round. So the question is, did he, did he make up that much ground? Because, because you know, look, Jacksonville, they're going to go after defense. Detroit, they're going to go after defense. The Jets, they're going to go after defense. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to go after defense, but you're also you're also seeing a lot of teams are going to they're going to hit that 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 outside linebacker position, and they're going to hit that edge rusher position. So really, wh- when do you need to find? Wh- when do you have a team? that really, really needs to get that dominating defensive guy. Like, they need him. For example, take the Arizona Cardinals. You're humming along on offense, but you you need some help on the defensive line. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you saw them in the playoffs. It's a team that needs help on the defensive line. But are there a lot of those guys right now that need them in the first round? That's, That's where it really comes to play for a guy like Perry on Winfrey, not about talent, but about need. And so is he going to be the first player taken? I, I still, I'm going to say yes. I just, I'm, I'm not sold just yet that he's, that Oklahoma is going to have a first round draft pick.
All right, so let's move on to number two. Uh, Rich says this, in the way too early top 25, Stuart Mandela of the Athletic left Oklahoma on the outside, meaning this is a big kind of a, a Twitter storm uh, come over the weekend, meaning Stuart Mandel didn't rank OU at all in his top 25. Rich says, clearly OU doesn't get the Texas treatment, still with a transitional phase. OU is in... Mandel is right and leave them out of the top 25, true or false? No, this is not true at all. Because you, you look at what this team has returning talent-wise, there's no way this is not a top 25 team. Do you leave them out of the top 10? Yes. You, you, you could leave them out of the top 10 and, and not have a, a bunch of people on your, on your lawn with pitchforks and torches. Probably even if you did the top 15, you're going to be safe from that. But once you start talking about 20 to 25 and you don't even rank this team, a team that returns Marvin Mims, you, listen, mark it down, guys. For all the talk we've, we've given to Perry on Winfrey, Isaiah Coe is going to be a monster in 2022. So, yeah, you lose talent on both sides of the ball. You lose your quarterback. You lose your running back. You lose a lot of guys up front in your front seven on your defense. By the way, Nick Bonito, going back to that number one, now that I've said that, I don't know why I didn't mention Nick Bonito's name earlier. Nick Bonito may actually push Perrin Winfrey for that top draft pick. Because I think there's a, lot, there's a lot more guys who need edge rushers than interior defensive linemen. But I, I digress. The point is... There's no excuse for Stuart Mandel to leave Oklahoma out of the top 25. But here's why it happened. It happened because Oklahoma Twitter is the most vicious Twitter out there. If Oklahoma Twitter gets on your good side, they're going to they're gonna talk about you and talk about you and talk about you. And you will be trending on Twitter. If you get on the bad side of Oklahoma Twitter, they're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you. And you're going to be trending on Twitter. The point is to trend on Twitter. And Stuart Mandel found a great way to do that. And, and you, you go and you look at what he's saying. He's antagonizing the Oklahoma fan base. Think about where you are right now. You're in the, in the heart of the college basketball season. Spring sports are about to get started. Baseball, softball, it's about to get started. You're a guy who makes a living writing about football. And you're finding a way to be relevant in the midst of the winter. And then the dead of the winter. Right now, winter sports are happening. Spring sports are about to get going. And everyone's talking about Stuart Mandel. How do you do that? You leave a team like Oklahoma, who won 10 games this last season, beat Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. By the way, Oregon, I think, got ranked. No, there's no excuse for leaving Oklahoma out. Mandel is not right. This is false. All right, let's move on to number three. Uh, we're going to stick with football some more here. Talking about receivers here. Number three, Rich says this. All eyes are on Jalil Farouk and Marvin Mims at the moment. As far as the two are concerned, Farouk is the bigger flight risk. True or false? Now, I did ask for clarification on this because I'm thinking the bigger flight risk, as in this guy could take off and have a home run type season, a breakout season. But no, he's talking about the transfer portal. 
And I, I, don't, I don't think either one of these guys are, are flight risk. I, I don't think either one of these guys are looking at the transfer portal. I think had they been interested in the transfer portal, they would have gone the way of a Jaden Hazelwood, the way of a Mario Williams. But, the, you know, you, you remove a Jaden Hazelwood from the equation, you remove an Austin Stogner from the equation, you remove a, um, a Mario Williams from the equation, and suddenly that, that very, very crowded receiving room begins to have some space around it. And Jalil Farouk has a lot of talent. Marvin Mims, we know, going into year three, this is probably the last year of Marvin Mims. We know this kid has a lot of talent. So no, I don't think either one of them are looking at the transfer portal. I don't think either one of them are a flight risk. So I, I got to say false here because just because I, I don't I, I think if Jilla Farouk was going to leave, he would have left. I think the guys, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, since that's what we're talking about, receivers here. I think the guys on the offensive side of the ball, they're excited about Jeff Levy. I think they've already bought in. We, we've talked. I think this, by the way, we've made it a long way into this podcast without really talking about Dylan Gabriel. But, I mean, these guys are bought in. Dylan Gabriel is their quarterback. Jeff Levy said so. He, I mean, even, even in, the, in, the, um, in, the, in the National Signing Day press conference, that Jeff Levy, you know, one of the – somebody asked him, hey, is, is there going to be a quarterback competition? And Jeff Levy basically just said, no. We don't need one. Dylan Gabriel's our guy. And if you think about it, as, as spring football is just over a month away, if you're an offensive guy, particularly at the skill position, I mean, you got to be pretty psyched to know to know who your quarterback is before you even hit the field for spring practice, right? I mean, there's a big difference between a, a position battle at running back and a position battle at quarterback. When you got a position battle at quarterback and you're a receiver, you're a tight end, even if you're a running back, you got a different feel based on who's in the game. Different guys put different spin on the ball. Different guys put different touch on the ball. If you're a running back, you get that ball high. You get it low based on where the, the, the height of the quarterback. These guys have to be stoked that they know who their quarterback is before spring ball even gets started. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't think. I do think, yes, you're going to see some guys probably bolt after the spring semester. I do. That's the world we live in. That's the new age of college football. Spring practice is going to come. Spring practice is going to go. And then as the summer arrives, you're going to see more names in the transfer portal. That is absolutely going to happen. Probably along the offensive line. If you're looking at offensive positions, probably along the offensive line. You're looking at defensive positions, probably in the linebacker and secondary groups. It's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to be Jalil Farouk or Marvin Mims jumping in the portal from the receiver position. I think these guys are very, very excited and very happy about where this program is and the leadership of Dylan Gabriel and the uh, creativity of Jeff Levy. Number four, Rich says this, despite a portion of the fan base being upset during the Bedlam basketball, OSU trolled their rivals in epic fashion. True or false? Now, if you don't know what we're talking about here, you're probably not a basketball fan, but you, you, don't, have to, you don't have to look very hard to find the newspaper clippings that uh, 
that Oklahoma State fans had as the OU fan, uh, the OU players were being introduced for the Bedlam game during those those game introductions. Uh, Oklahoma State fans had a bunch of newspapers that had Lincoln Riley doing the the peace sign, the victory sign, the deuces, whatever you want to call that. Uh, and they just act like they were reading the paper and didn't care uh, about the Oklahoma starting five. And and the truth, he, he, let me let me throw this out in two different ways. Number one, yes, this is pretty epic. It, it was good because you got you got a chance to take a really a really you know a dig at your in-state rival who lost its head football coach, the most prominent coach on campus, as many would say. <clears throat> I still say it's Patty Gasso, but whatever. Um, you know, so you get your first chance to take that dig at them. But, I mean, basketball doesn't really translate to football. Football doesn't really translate to basketball. So I think this would have been a lot more fun if Bedlam were in Stillwater and early and you could do something along those lines. Football, you know, on the gridiron. But, that, I mean, that's not going to happen because Bedlam's in Norman this year and so forth. But, yeah, it was a good dig. It could have had a better stage, but it was the, the, the biggest early stage that, that they could do this on. And now that you've done it, you really can't do it again. So you've kind of, you know, you had that bullet in the gun and you shot it. So uh, that, that's, it's over with. But good stuff uh, from Oklahoma State. I, um, I, don't, get, I don't have any problems uh, congratulate their, congratulating them on their creativity. Uh, just don't whine and cry when, when they have, you know, something that happens in Norman. I just banter is banter. Let it be, right? I do think it would be funny if <laughs> if Oklahoma, if the students section came up with some sort of, you know, like postseason invite, uh, you know, Big 12 tournament or whatever uh, for Oklahoma State, seeing as how they're not going to be able to do that. You know, something along those lines in response, I think is appropriate and is called for. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But I promise you, I promise you if it does happen, you know, they, they bring like invites to Kansas City. I promise you more Oklahoma State fans will take exception to that and have their time on social media than Oklahoma fans did with the Lincoln Riley photo in the newspaper. But I digress. Uh, here we go. Last but certainly not least, when we get to this sticking with basketball, Rich says this, uh, Oklahoma men's basketball is running through a stretch. We've already talked about this, but we'll just come full circle here. OU men's basketball is running through a stretch of five games against ranked opponents True or false, they won't win a single one. And man, this is rough. This is <laughs> this is a hard question uh, because it gives you a big dose of reality. If you're not aware of it, here's Oklahoma's next five games: number 14 Texas Tech in Norman, at number 10 Kansas, number 23 Texas in Norman, at number 20 Iowa State, at number 14 Texas Tech. That's not easy, guys. This schedule has been brutal throughout for Oklahoma. Which is why I think, like I said at the top of this podcast, you go back to those two TCU losses. And that really could be the kind of the, 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 camel, the straw that broke the camel's back in that, in that phrase. Because this, the, the Big 12 is a loaded conference. I've said this for a couple of years now. I'm not changing my opinion on it. This is the best basketball conference in America. And Oklahoma just can't catch a break here. 
But will they lose five in a row? I'm gonna say no. I think they win. I think they win one. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna peg that game in Ames, Iowa on February 19th. That's a Saturday afternoon. That's a win right there. There's your win in, in, these, in this next stretch of five. There it is. Also, you look at Texas, number 23. Texas is the top 25 team, but they're barely a top 25 team. Um, they could get their hearts broken before Valentine's Day because they play Kansas. At, I mean, I'm recording this on the Sunday. They're playing Kansas on Monday. It's very feasible by the time Texas comes to Norman on the 23rd. They're not going to be ranked. But, yeah, we're talking about the next five games, and I think those two, Texas and Iowa State, are probably the two most winnable games out of the next five for Oklahoma. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe wear a little bit of, of fandom on my badge here and say, uh, no, they'll, they'll win one, at least one of those next five. Softball's coming up, guys. February 10th, that's Thursday, Oklahoma gets started their season at UC Santa Barbara um, then they go on, um, see them, the, they have a, it, I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, some sort of invitational they're playing at. The, the only reason I know that is because that weekend, they, I know they play Thursday at UC Santa Barbara. And I think Saturday they play against UCLA and that's going to be a big time matchup to start early in the season. Um, so probably should have had that ready to go for you, uh, before I close out the podcast with it, but softball this weekend, Oklahoma, uh, gets gets with it. So it's time for the defending champs to take to the diamond again. Hey, thanks again for listening and being part of this podcast. Uh, thanks so much for all your comments. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking. Thanks for all that you do. Hope you have a fantastic week, everybody. Boomer Sooner.